There's always a reason to celebrate. Weddings, quinceañeras, or just because I love you. Now, for a limited time, switch to AT&T and buy two Samsung Galaxy S7s for one great price. Visit your nearest AT&T store today. AT&T, mobilizing your world. Limited time offers. Each line requires eligible port-in, trade-in, purchase, and service. Get minimum of $10 trade-in credit plus prepaid card in amounts of device balance or early termination fee less trade-in. Fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See store for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Wake Up Mission Show with your host, Shalene Nightingale and Randy D. And in the second hour, we have my friend Frank Alonzo. He is a liberty activist who doesn't just do the talk. He does the walk. But first, was everybody on the debate, Democrat debate, that is, a real Democrat who won the debate, according to uh, Hillary campaign sources? Of course, it was her. And is there any good news out there? And why are people leaving blue states? That and sports and other news with Randy. Uh, so, but first, how about that debate, my friend? Uh, before we start talking about it, here is just uh, here's just a little bit uh, from the AP. In their first face-to-face debate of the 2016 campaign, Democrats Hillary Rodham Clinton and Bernie Sanders clashed on issues from foreign policy to capitalism to gun control. Secretary Clinton, is Bernie Sanders tough enough on guns? No, not at all. Senator Sanders did vote five times against the Brady Bill. I come from a rural state. And the views on gun control in rural states are different than in urban states, whether we like it or not. Clinton came out swinging from the start. I'm not taking a backseat to anybody on my values, my principles. But she also found herself repeatedly on the defensive, questioned by her opponents about her 2002 decision to vote for the invasion of Iraq. If you're looking ahead and you're looking at someone that made that poor decision in 2002 to go into Iraq, that's an indication of how someone will perform in the future, and that's what's important. And her flip-flops on issues like the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade deal. Everybody on this stage has changed a position or two. We've been around a cumulative quite some period of time. There were also tangles over the benefits of capitalism. Do I consider myself part of the casino capitalist process? No, I don't. And U.S. action in Syria. I believe that a no-fly zone in Syria at this time Actually, Secretary, would be a mistake. But for all the sparring, a moment of camaraderie on an issue that has dominated the 2016 Democratic race so far. But I think the Secretary is right. 
And that is that the American people are sick and tired of hearing about your damn emails. Thank you. Me too. Me too. <laughs> you know? Wow. And that applause was the only standing ovation of the night in what otherwise I considered a yawn hate fest of America. Uh, but are Americans sick and tired of hearing about Hillary's emails? I know for one, I am not. Because if she can give out such sensitive emails here, in fact, even in that uh, debate last night, they talked about Snowden, and I felt it was highly hypocritical. Snowden wasn't hiding secrets. Hillary tried to hide secrets in her personal emails, sending out sensitive government information, just proving the hypocrisy of those who were standing up on the stage. And you know what? Here is my analysis uh, in a nutshell, uh, Randy, Democrats, mm-hmm. uh, self-centered, negative, godless, spoiled brats who want free items off the sweat of others, abuse drugs, butcher babies while pretending any life at all matters and take no personal accountability and blaming everyone else while deconstructing America. Unfortunately, I do have a lot of friends in the Democrat Party, but maybe this is something they couldn't see. But clearly, I saw it last night. It's two hours of my life. I wish I could get back. Uh, There was, however, a moment, my observation. There was one very intelligent American defending veteran on that stage, former Senator Marine Jim Webb, clearly registered in the wrong party. I'm not sure if uh, he was confused when he registered for the party or did the party leave him? Did he join as a Democrat decades ago? And now because the party has moved so far into socialism and so far, in fact, that last night you had a self-avowed socialist, a communist, and uh, and Hillary Clinton, who uh, who admitted last night to being a progressive. So has the party progressed so far that it's left in the dust those who originally registered in what they thought was the Blue Dog Democrat Party? I know you and I, we left the Republican Party because ha, we're too conservative for that party now. The party left us, and it does certainly happen, and I think uh, Jim Webb, Uh, certainly symbolized that last night. I actually thought he was uh, a a very smart, showed leadership qualities. Unfortunately, uh, he's not going to be elected by a party who afterwards, Randy, and I took some very strong here, which we'll go over in a moment. But uh, afterwards, I watched, I can't believe it. If that two hours wasn't torturous enough, I watched the uh, post analysis, which was just a Hillary love fest, but uh, and as you, I know I, I'm doing it for liberty. I'm just doing it for the show. I'm just doing it. Hey, we've got a producer who counts on us to do our job and do it correctly. So I was honoring Natty and every listener of this show. Uh, but I listened to them. And uh, it was, wow. Uh, But uh, afterwards, there was a panel of voters. One guy admitted, I think we could use some socialism in this country. And then a gal said, I would love to see a Clinton 
Sanders ticket. And I think in that moment last night, Randy, my analysis was when Bernie Sanders made that comment about Hillary, nobody cares about her emails, which is not the truth if you look at polls out there. Uh, but and people should. If you're not, if you don't care about her emails, you should. It was treason. It was breach. I mean, if they're going to punish Ed Snowden, then uh, why is she off the hook? She was the Secretary of State. It is a big deal. Uh, if you don't care, then apparently you don't care about your own security and safety uh, of this of you or or this nation. Uh, but that moment when they did a high five and she was all thankful, I actually have to say that was not a planned moment. I mean, I you know a lot of it was seemed to be staged and prepped last night, but that moment. It was the one real moment, I think, of the evening, and I immediately what I saw was horror in front of my eyes, a Clinton-Sanders ticket. Um, uh, it was interesting that they debated about capitalism on the show last night. Nobody on that stage wanting to admit they were capitalists. Uh, the, the question wasn't really posed towards Jim Webb, but you could tell he was definitely uh, a capitalist. Um uh. And what was interesting, uh, Anderson Cooper attacking uh, the, the candidates for being socialists, and uh, there was a connect, there's a connection between Hill, the Clintons and Anderson Cooper. Uh, you got to do a little digging. You can go research it. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. We say connect the dots. She herself is a radical socialist, so uh, she is certainly not a capitalist. So it was really funny when they talked about socialism and inequality of the economics and how everything needed to be spread out equally. And what was funny, and it was brought up last night, the Clintons are part of the 1%. So they've made oh, their course. money on capitalism. And Randy, I, I, as I was watching it, I thought, well, since they're so opposed to capitalism, how is it that they make their money? And will those people on stage and all the one percenters in the Democrat Party are they going to put their money where their mouth is? Are they going to give away uh, half their earnings? Have the Clintons right. given away half or even three-quarters or even a third of their earnings? We all know the answer to that question. Uh, Bernie Sanders, even though he, I guess he's from a rural area, he bragged about having a D-minus with the NRA. And, of course, you heard the clip. Hillary said it was not enough. Uh, <laughs> He wasn't tough enough, a D-minus from the NRA, but not not tough enough, which I thought was interesting. In contrast, Jim Webb, again, uh, he's a former Virginia senator, Randy, and again, he was just definitely on the wrong stage. He has an A rating with the NRA, so that is really interesting. Uh, Sanders, I've got to tell you this, and I did quote, please, I don't want any hate mail for what I'm about to say. But I get it. I watched the debate last night uh, for the show, as you know. That was the first reason. The second reason was I wanted to see what all the big deal was. I hear, you know, Sanders this, Sanders that. Uh, and I wanted to see what the fuss is about Bernie. So that was the second reason. And the uh, third reason was because Trump was going to go on there and uh, on Twitter and have some fun. And I kind of wanted to see what that how I could join into the festivities. So those are the three reasons. I won't be watching another one, I can assure you, uh, because uh, Jim Webb by that time won't be in it, and 
he was the only person preventing me from wanting to throw a shoe in my television. Uh, but um, but um, it was really interesting. Uh, I did see what the appeal is of Bernie Sanders. He is the Ron Paul type uh, of socialism. You know, he is to socialism what Ron Paul is to liberty. Uh, I have to say, he's very likable. He really does. I mean, I know he's, I wouldn't even really call him a socialist. I'd, I'd go into saying he's uh, he's a communist uh, based on some of his views last night. But he came across as very nice. Afterwards, you saw him with his wife, and his wife is just this down-home, uh, average, you know, uh, person. I just don't agree with them on on their ideology because what they what socialism is that's not americanism americanism was based on a free republic capitalist free market society the european model is a socialist communist marxist uh society uh based on a keynesian economic system where we're based more on austrian economic it's completely different it's a completely different government uh, so it hasn't worked in Europe. It hasn't worked in all these other countries. So why on God's green earth do people want it here? Uh, I don't understand. When you have a country like America that did something different and, 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 and immigrants uh, uh, ran over here for this something different, and this something different developed the newest, youngest country quicker than any other country, there's a reason for it. It's called success. It's a model that works. There's a reason why Greece happened. There's a reason why there's economic disasters and why we're seeing it uh, here as well. In fact, Randy, a new report came out that there's an exodus of people leaving blue states and going into red states, and they are citing economic reasons. Uh, hello, uh, connect the dots. Uh, anybody paying attention? When you yeah, got, when you have progressives even leaving their own states that they've destroyed with their progressive policies, going towards red states for economic relief. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that I, happened. I, you know. that, that that happened. Well, that's been going on for quite some time. You know, all the Rust Belt states uh, when they. Basically went belly up. All that, that's why you have such a had such a mass migration of those people to the southeast. And and look at um, you know well everybody always brings up Detroit. Well there you go. And then look at the state of Illinois, completely bankrupt. Can't pay. Uh, you know if you win a lottery ticket in the state of Illinois, he ain't getting paid. Uh, so. Um, and, you know, for example, California, when Pete Wilson left office, $8 billion budget surplus, three years of Gray Davis and progressive socialists from Mexico, $34 billion budget deficit uh, when when the Lionator got elected. So that, right. that, those are um, those are your progressive socialist liberal policies right there, uh, yeah, you know, well, in, in black well, and white. Randy, you bring up a good point because obviously I live live here. Greg Davis getting recalled. A Democrat was recalled because of the economic and other failures in the state. And so, but yet, you know, we've had eight years of Jerry Brown and everybody complaining and people leaving. This state is in trouble. How many cities, how many counties in this state have declared bankruptcy or on the verge of declaring bankruptcy? Um, San Francisco cited as the most expensive 
city in the entire country to live in. Uh, right. Los Angeles, not too far behind. Hello. Uh, <laughs> socialist economic policies don't work. If they did, we wouldn't even have legal immigrants. There'd be no reason to come to this country because there'd be no reason to leave their own country. So right. it doesn't work. And, you know, nothing is free. There was a lot of this talk about free college. Free this, free that. Free this. Well, a lot of free college. It's not Mm -hmm. free, people. It may be free that where it's not coming out of your pocket uh, in in the obvious way, but it's going to come out in taxes. It's going to come out with, you know, because they've got to cut. They have to cut things, right? So people's mm-hmm. wages will be cut in order to pay for it. The education will suffer because you're not going to be able to spend the money in it. Because if you do, then your taxes go through the roof. Nothing is free. Your property taxes will go up. Your cost of living will go up because it's, it's called the trickle-down effect. It's trickle-down economics. When you've yeah. got something high up here, everybody else has to pay their bills. So they start laying people off, and they start increasing uh, the amount of their goods and products and services. That is the way socialism works, folks. It is not free. Yeah, well, let's look at free college for for a minute. Um, Yeah, tuition costs are, you know, they're they're astronomical, and there's a whole litany of reasons why. But say you get free tuition, okay – those professors, whether we like their, you know, their political views or not, they got to earn a paycheck. They got bills to pay. They got to eat. They're not working for free. It's not free to turn on the electricity, to turn the lights on, and and run the uh, film projectors or whatever they use. Uh, uh, maintenance on the buildings, heat, and you know, utilities. You know, all those pesky little things that you have to have. Um, that stuff has to be right. paid for. And uh, um, and you know that's basically robbing Peter to pay Paul. That money's going to come from somewhere. Where's it going to come from? Oh well, you know, look at the public school system. You know that that's free education, and look at what a money pit it is. And and not only is is the public school system a money pit, it's probably it's a shining example of uh, socialism. It's a shining example of a total complete and total failure of a government bureaucracy and you know another thing you know with all these you know the cities and counties that are going bankrupt they all have one common denominator unfunded pensions public pensions all all these politicians got elected by using by making promises to these unions that pushed and Push, and you know they the unions paid for their uh, campaigns and their elections, got their members to vote for them, and now look at uh, what what they got in return. You know, well we well we promised you uh, you know you work ten years and you can retire and get ten billion dollars a year uh, a pension. Well we're sorry, but we can't afford that now. So how you know um, to make good on their promise? What are they going to do? Oh, they're going to go to the people that are still working and take it out of their paychecks to pay for it. It's complete bullcrap. That's socialism, right. communism, right there. Robbing Peter to pay Paul. Right. Why? Well, and something else Sanders said, and along those lines, when it came to socialism, he said, "You do not cut Social Security; you ex." 
expand it and make those who earn more, you know, put more, put more in, but you expand it. You can't, we're already bankrupt. We're trillions of dollars uh, in bankrupt in this country. There's no way to expand it. If you want to get, because uh, what people don't understand here, those one percenters are already paying higher taxes than all of you. It goes by a percentage of what you make. Those who want all the free stuff are hardly putting any anything into the system. And there's a right. reason why the wealthy, that's the reason why they start hiding their their money or leaving the country to become expatriates because they, it, it, they, they don't want to be bankrupt. You know, they have to live, too. They've got retirements, too. They've got children, too. Uh, so, uh, you, you know, it's, it's not – it's not right. It's not, you know, working off the sweat equity of others uh, is not is not how it works. Uh, there was one thing I agreed with Sanders on. I couldn't believe uh-huh. it. Uh, and that is he's for, you know, not for, you know, he's not, uh, you know, supportive of war, and neither am I um, at, at all. If it's a constitutional war where we must uh, get out there and, you know, for our country and defend it, that's one thing. Uh, the person I did agree with every step of the way last night, like I said, Jim Webb, uh, and, and I and I even posted. I said, "Please, Jim, uh, leave the dark side of the force and come into the light." Uh, and uh, you know, he was he was you know a, a former Marine. I loved it when they asked if Ed Snowden. Uh, you know, was uh, a hero, a patriot, whatever needed to be to to be punished. Everybody but Jim Webb, uh, you know, said something different. Now, all the rest of them, including Clinton, oh, we gotta, we gotta, you know, he needs to be uh, punished. Okay, Hillary, <clears throat> with your emails. Uh, yeah, and then your but, trail of dead bodies dating back right. to Arkansas. Right, but Jim and Webb. Let, and let's not let's not forget. She was fired uh, during the Watergate investigation for right. a bunch of shenanigans. Right. And, you know, the, the one thing that they said, and th- this should um, – Well, I want to get back to Jim Webb because we're talking about Snowden. Jim Webb said, we have a serious problem with government collecting our data. At Hallelujah, right. I was glad that one person on that stage said the obvious. Now, now what were you going to say, Randy? The, the the telltale sign that every, that should have got everyone's attention uh, when Hitler said, "Well, all of us up here on this stage, we've been doing this for, you know." She didn't give a specific number, but all those years, these people have been living on the public dole uh, and the private dole. Uh, <laughs> that right there, yes. they've been right. in office too damn long. Right, right, right. That's all part of the elite. They're, they're yeah. just standing up there as hypocrites. Uh, the, the biggest one, and again, I got to say, I don't agree with Sanders on anything but the war issue. I've got to say, and I think Big Pharma. He, he and I were, uh, and he did say something about, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, about when they were talking about gun gun rights. Uh, well, on their stage, it was gun control. But he uh-huh. he, he did speak about the obvious, which we've mentioned on this show. It's the mental illness that we need to address and big pharma. So he was right. really, I was glad that he said that. I actually, again, if it wasn't for his socialist policies as a person, I liked him. I mean, he was, the, I, I, it, I thought he was the one 
I, again, I don't agree with Democrat views. Uh, Jim Webb would have been my winner, but he's, but we're, this is not a Republican debate. It was a Democrat debate. So the winner, according to Democrat policies, I thought was Bernie Sanders uh, very clearly. But you found something uh, very intriguing because you're right. Uh, t- uh, CNN came out, oh, Hillary won. And what did you find connecting the dots, Randy? And why, when everybody else was saying Bernie won, except for them, what was the deal? Tell tell everybody what you found today. What I found? Uh, the donors, <laughs> my dear. Oh, well, that, that was a meme that was going around. I I didn't. I don't have that in front of me, but it was basically uh, Time Warner. Her, yeah. yeah, Time Warner was is one of her uh, largest campaign contributors. You know, the <laughs> same Time Warner. If, if you watch our video with. Um, our interview uh, with um, Cher Z is called uh, Marxist Marx and Alinsky uh, Satanist. The Time Warner logo. Take a look at that and uh, look, yeah. look at look at the look at what that means. Then they're a well, terrible company, by the yeah, way. Yeah, well, it's really interesting that you should say that. So, see, connecting the dots, everything's controlled. The second biggest cheer of the night. You just said Satanist. Was this? This is again the second biggest share of the night was when Hillary defended Planned Parenthood. Oh, I'm sorry, God. people were cheering baby genocide, uh, and it just it disgusted me. By the way, I'm not sure if you because it was done quietly, as you all know. There's an oversight committee looking into uh, Planned Parenthood. Uh, aborting live babies and butchering up live babies and selling their baby parts. So uh, I don't know why the oversight – I don't know why there was a vote to uh, fund or defund Planned Parenthood before this committee uh, panel was complete. I don't understand it other than connect the dots, people. Uh, But anyway, so I guess uh, 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 Cecile Richards, the president of Planned Parenthood, I guess she thought – let me do it on the day that the Democrats are debating, and that's all the news is going to cover, and maybe uh, nobody will pay attention. And also, maybe if I do this, then the oversight committee will end. Uh, she declared yesterday that Planned Parenthood would no longer be selling baby parts for cash. Um, I think it's a little too late for that, and of course, that went pretty much well unannounced uh, because of the Democrat debate. Uh, anyway, also, uh, oh, oh, Mally, oh, my God. If there was anybody on the stage that I really learned to really dislike was him. Um, he called Donald Trump a xenophobe. Uh, you know, uh, he basically called over no. half the country. Because if you look at polls, I don't think he realizes Democrats also, by overwhelming numbers, do not want illegal immigration and unchecked borders. Uh, this is Gallup, Gallup Rasmussen. You name just about every top respectable poll out there, and it's got three fourths of the country. That includes Democrats, O'Malley. And so you just basically called three fourths of this country racist. Uh, he was so down the communist path. I don't know how he was ever governor of Maryland. Uh, well, look at look at Maryland. It, it's one of those areas around Washington D.C. and we've talked about it. Yeah. Uh, especially where he lives, no doubt, in Washington D.C., Maryland, Northern Virginia. That's where all the wealth in this country is concentrated now, and that is by not a coincidence. 
and it's right. not something that's made up. If you don't believe me, go look it up for yourselves. Well, another thing I thought about this debate, in addition to my original analysis, is it was divisive. There's not, it was not about unity. One of the questions was, and it should not have been a question, I'm sorry, because everybody's life matters. Everybody's. Look, I am not, and I want to make this clear, I am not diminishing what uh, black Americans went through in this country uh, at all, because it's disgusting. I'm glad I didn't live in those times, because I would have been taking every, you know, black person I came across holding their hand into the same bathroom as me. I would have drank out of their same, uh, you know, little uh, uh, water fountain. It's disgusting. They would have been going in the front door with me, and if that would have made me somebody that was mocked, tortured, or incarcerated, then so be it. It's disgusting. We're all made by God. I want to tell you something. Uh, My son, uh, my youngest, he's three years old. I teach my children the same way my parents taught me. We weren't taught that people were different. We were taught we were all made by God in God's image. That was it. And I remember as I got, I don't know, about five, six years old, I one day finally asked my mom, why do some people have, you know, darker skin than others? That was it. That's all I asked. Because, you know, you're starting to notice things, being a little observant. It was not something that I was like, uh, you know, it was just a question that a little kid asked. And my mom said, oh, you know, God just painted some different than others. That's all. Oh, okay. And that's how I went about living my life. And that's how I am teaching my children. And the really super coolest thing about my son, uh, we have a guy living here, uh, who we took in because he was going to be homeless. My son knows him just as Clarence. That's it. When my son sees people on TV, he giggles uh, and will say, uh, Mommy, there's a friend I would like. I mean, he's just the sweetest little kid. He does not see any of those things. He's the coolest little kid. And that's how I teach my children. And that's how everybody should teach their children. My son doesn't notice that anybody's different, and that's the way it should be. We all bleed the same. We all breathe the same. Well, maybe cigarette smokers, maybe drug users don't breathe the same. Uh, Our lungs are so polluted. But you know what I mean. We all go to the bathroom. We all take showers and baths. We are all human beings. So I was really disgusted of the divisiveness of asking people, do Black Lives Matter? How about asking, why don't we put this aside? Let's deal with the fact we've got racial division. What can we do to repair that? That would have been my question. Well, they don't want that person, The only person on the stage, the only one that said all lives matter was Jim Webb. Again, he was on the wrong stage. Post the debate, Van Jones Radical, self-avowed radical communist, Van Jones. Oh, God. He, uh, that guy again. Yeah, 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 he's a CNN commentator, I guess. I don't watch Communist News Network, but apparently he works for the station or the, the network. And um, he had the funniest uh, <laughs> quote of all of the whole entire night. 
He compared Hillary to Beyonce. <laughs> really? Uh, what an insult to Beyonce! And and and, and also well, Beyonce is Illuminati, so you know they they all run in the uh, same circle. Well, that is true, and that is so sad. You know, I thought when when Beyonce came out with Destiny's Child, I thought she was the most hands down the most beautiful woman I had ever seen. She's drop dead gorgeous. Oh, you know, she, she is. was a she is drop dead gorgeous, and she's and I love watching. Uh, Austin Powers, uh, that she's in, isn't it? Gold, Goldberg, that one. She is fantastic in that. She, you know, she really is. And I love, oh, Dream Girls. That's one of my favorite movies. Uh, yeah. And so when I started seeing the change into Sasha Fierce and started seeing some things on the internet, it was really sad. I mean, you know, it is, it's, it's very, 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 very sad. But nonetheless, still was an insult to Beyonce. Um, and also stated that. Uh, that uh, Black Lives uh, won the debate. Uh, shouldn't we all win the debate? Aren't we all not Americans? Why are we continuing this divide? And we are not alone in our thinking. There's these two fabulous ladies that I love. I always call them diamonds, uh, 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 diamonds and pearls because I can, I never, because they, they, they have that. It's like diamond and sizzle or whatever they go by. Because uh, I always, you know me, I love Prince, so I'm always thinking Prince. But I mm. love, love, love their analysis. They are spot on. It's diamond and silk. Here you go. Pay attention. Hey, y'all. Hey. Okay, so here's our take on those Democrat debates, yes, okay? Right. All right, let's first start off with the Democrats itself, the whole platform. The whole platform. They are so divided. Yeah. They just took and they excluded some of us instead of including all, all of us. us. That's and right. whenever they did that, yes. it divided all of us. Right down the and middle. that's the kind of tactics that they've been using yes. to keep us into to, to voting Democrats. Exactly. And that's what we got to stop letting them do. That's right. So that's what, that was the first thing that turned me off yeah. with the Democrat debate. Mm-hmm. Second thing is Bernie Sanders. Bernie. Bernie said he has a plan, but mm-hmm. it sounds like a trap to me. Yeah. He's always trying to give people handouts. Yeah. Little do he know everybody don't want stuff for free. And sugar ain't for free. That's right, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it, girl. That's right. Listen, Hillary Clinton said that she has the combination to get this country on track. Uh-huh. But you know what? She's so worried about the illegal immigrants. Yep. She don't even have the American people She's back. At so no <laughs> O'Malley. You know what? O'Malley should go take and form him a rally uh-huh. and take them other two, and maybe they can all form them a crew. Yep. Because the American people, yep. we wasn't even feeling you. No, okay? We wasn't. Who Listen, y'all, I don't know who they was, girl. <laughs> Listen, we are the United States, That's not right. the divided States. That's right. And as long as y'all continue to be a puppet on the strain, yes. We will never have change, and things will always still remain the same. And that's why we got to stop for Trump, baby. That's why we have to vote for him in 2016. Now, that's our take (laughs) on the Democrats. (laughs) I love those two. They they just put a smile on my face each and every single time. Obviously, they love Donald Trump, so we got a little plug in in there. But uh, I just love what they had to say. I absolutely agreed with them. It was very divisive. And uh, obviously a yawn fest, apparently, uh, even though I don't know if you saw the numbers, I was very interested in what their ratings would be. 15.3 million tuned in. But you've got it. You've got it. It was really, as per usual, the media, are they telling you the truth? 
Are they being honest? Not when they do things like the headline, 23% CNN debate broke, broke, uh, broke their historical records. Well, then when you open it up, they're talking about the Fox debate. I mean, they, excuse me, not the Fox debate, but the, the uh, Republican debate that happened to be on their channel, what, a couple of weeks ago. When you scrolled down, you saw that the $15.3 million was for the debate last night, which was a 42% drop down from the GOP debate. So uh, that's interesting tidbits. And another thing, is the Democrat Party growing in america i is that true are we becoming more of a socialist nation well i did a little digging around last night uh randy and what i found is quite the opposite is true yes there are more registered democrats than registered republicans in this country however there's an interesting little momentum happening the republican party has had a little bit of a a blip of growing while the Democrat Party has had a larger blip creasing. You heard it. The largest increase in this country are independent voters like you and I, Randy, because simply, quite frankly, our party left us. Uh, So anyway, it was very interesting to note that also if you look at the election outcome maps across this country, uh, three-fourths of of our country, their governors are Republicans. Three, four, you can go look it up yourself. Uh, obviously, we have a Senate, uh, you know, a majority of Republicans, uh, House Republicans that happened during the uh, last, uh, you know, midterm elections. So it's very interesting to go look at that map and read the real numbers. And if you see it, you will see that there is a rise in frustration of people. And, and absolutely, people are getting frustrated, I think, with socialist policies. Does that mean we don't have socialists that are growing? I did some looking around at the Communist Party and Socialist Party websites, and there's finding that there's only a little bit of increase in their membership. Now, maybe perhaps people are too afraid because they don't want to be tarnished and feathered uh, by those of us who realize that all they are is the deconstructionists of America. But is it all doom and gloom? No, it isn't. Today, as we say, it's Wonderful Life Wednesday. So where's the good news? Well, I've got some for you, Randy. Tennessee gun store owner is offering a 5% discount on firearms for those who say they are Christian. (laughs) That's absolutely wonderful. Frontier Firearms in Kingston, Tennessee, is offering the discounts to Christians in the wake of the Umpqua Community College shooting. Reports of the shooting stated, of course, that the gunmen targeted specifically Christians. So the Frontier Firearms owner, Brent Williams, had this to say. If Christians are going to be targeted, we need to protect ourselves. Frontier Firearms Vice President Eric Parrish stated that the sale of firearms is now extended through the end of the month and not restricted to Christians only, but that a person of any faith will be given the discount if they acknowledge their religious affiliation. Religion was part of this country's founding, and we do believe in religious freedom. So I thought that was really cool. But again, if you are a Christian and you're in the Tennessee area, go to Frontier Firearms and tell them the Wake Up Mission show sent you. Here's some other really good news. Uh, I waited tables for a little while, for about a year when I first moved to California. 
And let me tell you something. You work off your tips. So this is kind of a great uh, testimony witness. And this driver, although she's not waiting tables per se, she's delivering pizza. Well, a Domino's driver was left in tears when an Ohio church congregation tipped her more than a thousand dollars after she delivered one five ninety nine dollar pizza. So this was in Sycamore, uh, the Sycamore Creek Church, Sycamore Creek Church in Pinkerton, Ohio. I guess it's a suburb southeast of Columbus, Ohio, and was asked by the Reverend Steve Markle to go to the front of the sanctuary. Well, Markle asked her what her biggest tip she had ever received, and she said, oh, about $10.00. So he gave her $15 and said to her after he gave her the 15, you know, we've been teaching at our church this last month about being generous. And so we did something special for you today. We took up a special offering for a tip for you. Now, this was after she'd already received $15, which that would have just been her biggest tip ever. He turned over and presented her with a collection of $1,000. And $46. According to local reports, the congregation was wrapping up a sermon series on, I was broke, now I'm not. And so their mission is to do random acts of kindness. Imagine if every single church across this country did this kind of random act of kindness. We would have a different community, one in which wouldn't be begging for free stuff from our government, one that would not ask our government to become our parents or our nanny or care, one in which we could live in a free society united among one another. That's a story about, obviously, doing good and being the salt of the earth. Another really good story I found, someone who's being the salt of the earth, he was a drug lord. An actual drug lord, and he turned pastor. (laughs) He said he became, as a matter of fact, a street god to God's servant. This is in New York. A great, great, great story here. His name is Damas Salaberrios. And on the back, he has a tattoo that he had. I'm not sure if he's had it removed. But his tattoo said street god. Well, now he has a shining, shining face. You can see this story on ChristianPost.com. But wait, if you don't want to go dig it there, we will have it on our Facebook and Twitter. So go look for it there, The Wake Up Mission Show. And it will be connected to our website, TheWakeUpMissionShow.com. So apparently he was a had a drug empire. Huge. The age of 11. At the age of 11. Wow, he started dealing drugs, and not soon after, he became a crack addict. At the age of 11, well, today he's in his 40s, and he is the pastor of his church. The Bronx River Housing Project is one of his projects now, and he goes out on the streets, and he helps people get off drugs, tells them about Christ, and brings them to God. It's a really great story, and I wanted to tell people about it. Uh, He has a book out, Street God, the explosive true story of a former drug boss on the run from the hood and the courageous mission that drove him back 
So it's kind of a long title, but I think it would be well worth the read. And that book just came out. So uh, we will have that information posted on our Facebook page. And that's not all. I've got some more good news. You want to hear it? Here it goes. Since being crowned homecoming queen uh, last week, uh, Kendra Hager hasn't let her crown out of her sight. And so she shouldn't. Kendra's mom told uh, reporters that I'll catch her checking herself out in the mirror wearing her crown. And she's very cautious when letting friends try it on. She even asked if she should uh, wear it to school every day. (laughs) Hager, she's a senior at St. Albans High School in West Virginia. And here's what's special about her. She has Down syndrome. But the people at her school, they just love her. And this was just such a story, Randy, that just, in fact, you could hear me a little bit breaking up here a little bit. It just touched my heart and shows that we do have a society with a good heart. We do have youth in this society with good hearts. And, wow, it's just uh, very encouraged about it. So this Down Syndrome uh, girl is now the homecoming queen of her school and she uh not only the homecoming court but in her town she'll be in a parade as well and then there's one more i always hate to read stories about cancer as my own mother died of cancer it's very prevalent actually in my family of course we've talked about this many times on our show that there are alternative cancer treatments and it is about environment and cells and you know that's for another time But when I saw this one, this perked me up a little bit. Tim Cunningham uh, has colon cancer. The unfortunate part about it is that it's taken over his entire body. And he's now at the Memorial Hermann Woodlands Hospital in Texas. Gosh, I love this state. Every single day, Randy, we're always reporting something wonderful coming from this state. Yesterday, as everybody knows, our guest is from this state. Our producer of our show It's from that state. Texas just makes great things. Anyway, uh, Cunningham is 53, and uh, this is in the Houston area, Natty, just to to let you know. And uh, his uh, girlfriend, his fiancée, was Ruth Georgia. They both uh, met. They were airline attendants, and they'd been together for 10 years, but just due to their 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 lives, their busyness, their flying schedules, they just didn't make it a priority to get married. But when Cunningham was diagnosed, that's when the two of them decided, life is too precious, let's get married. Unfortunately, the colon cancer just continued to take over his body. So when the nurse heard about the story, she went to her fellow nurses and said, let's do something great for them. So at first, they were just going to decorate up his room and have a festive party. Well, no, they decided to host their wedding. So congratulations to the Cunninghams who just got married uh, this past weekend. Uh, We hope for as long of a marriage as you possibly can enjoy together. So that's what I have for uh, Good News Wednesday. Now, it's all about Randy with sports.
Well, thank you for that, Shalene. Um, I've got some cancer sports news uh, combination here, uh, and this is a good story as well. Um, as you know, if you if you follow the National Football League, you know that uh, this is uh, uh, October is cancer breast cancer awareness month, and um, but uh, I think actually all major sports, uh, the big four. They they all have pink uh, and they they raise money for the Susan G Coleman Foundation. Well, uh, former Panthers uh, and current Steelers running back D'Angelo Williams. This is personal for him. He had an aunt that passed away from breast cancer, and earlier this year, uh, his well actually it was in May of 2014. I'm sorry, um, his his mother passed away from breast cancer, and he was the one that. Actually, I, I believe D'Angelo was the one that got, uh, you know, the the football players to wear pink uh, for the month of October. Well, the league has a uniform policy rule, which is stupid. They won't let him wear pink the, the entire season. And, in fact, uh, one of the Steelers' um, uh, defensive linemen, he got fined uh, uh, in the Monday night game for wearing uh, eye black that had something to do with his father who had passed away from cancer. So the, the, the NFL needs to um, be a little more and uh, use some damn common sense. Well, anyways, uh, D'Angelo, um, and this is the, the quality type of guy he is. He's going to purchase 53 uh, mammogram tests for 53 women at a hospital in Pittsburgh and in Charlotte. Um, you know, as you know, as a way of uh, giving back to the com- community. So, you know, uh, big kudos to D'Angelo. He's he's a super nice guy. Um, I actually follow him on Facebook, and you know, just a positive, happy-go-lucky guy. He's got a beautiful, cute little daughter. And um, D'Angelo, if for some reason you're listening, uh, big props, bud. That that's really cool, man. Um, and uh, moving on, uh, we've, we've got some baseball news. Uh, as you know that. Uh, the ba- Major League Baseball is in the playoffs, and last night the Cubs eliminated the Cardinals to advance to the, the NLCS, and they'll play the winner of the Dodgers and Mets series, which is tied at two games apiece, and their next game will be tomorrow at Chavez Ravine. Uh, whoever wins that game will advance uh, to face um, the Cubs, and then whoever wins that series will go on to the World Series. Uh, and in the American League, uh, the Rangers um, are at the Blue Jays today, today. That series is tied at two games apiece, as well as the Astros at the Royals. They are also playing today, and that series is tied at two games apiece. And, uh, well, I couldn't watch the whole debate uh, at 10 o'clock. I switched over to Fox Sports West to watch the Kings, and they lost again last night to the Vancouver Canucks, three to zip. So the Kings have started out the season 0-3, and they've scored one goal and given up 12. It's just been brutal. And I don't know where they found these new players. Um, You know, I I have to respect them because I can't ice skate at all, and I cannot. uh, (laughs) These guys they've got, it's it's just hard to watch. And I sit up till 1 o'clock in the morning watching this because I'm on the East Coast uh, currently. So that's pretty much uh, what I had in sports. And I want to move on to some some other news because I'm, I'm not just, uh, you know, the wacky sportscaster and the wacky weather guy. Uh, <laughs> I, I do have news to report. And, uh, but, you know, real quick, um, 
uh, as you know, California is in a drought. Man-made, uh, man-caused. Uh, we, we all know the reasons why, you know, the a bait fish is more important than people. Well, California is not alone in this. The biggest city in the Western Hemisphere is actually running out of water. And no, it's not Los Angeles. It's not San Francisco. Um, you would think, but actually it's in Sao Paulo, Brazil. They actually have daily water shutoffs. Well, uh, there's 20 million people that live in this city. It's a huge, uh, Sao Paulo is a, just a gigantic megapolis. Um, well, anyways, uh, this is their biggest, greatest water crisis that they've had in 80 years. And part of the problem, you know, the this is from Business Insider, and I don't know what happened to them. They must have had a change in ownership or a new uh, editor. You know, they used to just cover business. Now they're getting into Suedo science and uh, a lot of their articles are pretty progressive. Um, social yeah, cleaning. I that. Now, I noticed and, that too, Randy, because as you know, I used to quote them a lot, especially when yeah. I would host uh, conference calls for our business team. And But yeah. you know, we say this on the show all the time, connect the dots. The more right. these people move up, whether it's in corporations or media, uh, you know, when they are progressive, they start buying each other out. They start taking things over. The Fox mm-hmm. News is a clear indicator of that, what went from yeah, no a doubt. very conservative. I mean, it's still controlled, but a conservative-controlled channel to what it is today, which I would say is a more moderate-leaning left, uh, with the exception of, say, Ju- Judge Jeannie or, uh, you know, uh, John Stossel. But I absolutely right. have noticed the same. This is why you have to be careful with your news sources and why you should pay more attention to alternative news. I don't know. I don't even think we've ever covered this, Randy, uh, before you get to your news item. But on the Drudge Report about a week ago, uh, he said that a Supreme Court judge, a Supreme Court judge told him, uh, you better get ready because your days are numbered. Apparently, they have a copyright case that they're going to hear. And they say that they're going to make sure that independent news Independent shows like us can never uh, report uh, on on news that's out there because it will be considered copyright infringement, uh, a.k.a. the end of free speech. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So continue. Yeah, so what is those, it that you have for us? Yeah, screw those crooks in robes. Come, <laughs> want some, come get some, as right, John Cena exactly. would say. Hey, well, anyways. I, I, I made this very well known on my Facebook page today with another uh, so-called law. I now went from, I've been a law abider most of my entire life. I now will become a law breaker because I am well, not going to adhere to godless laws or laws of tyranny that go against the Constitution, period. It, it is actually your duty to do so, and I'll join you in that, and I hope that uh, millions upon millions of uh, American citizens will, will grow a set and do the same and, and tell Amen. this government and these crooks and robes to uh, take a long walk on a short pier. Well, anyways, uh, they, they, and the reason that I brought up this whole left-leaning thing with business insiders because um, they say climate change is only a part of the problem. Well, base, uh, but they they say that millions of residents in Sao Paulo face daily water shutoffs unless the city manages its water better. And that's probably the problem right there. And the fact that there's 20 million people living in a city plagued by mm-hmm. failing infrastructure, 
Well, anyways, uh, they're they're unable to develop the water in need. And you know, look at Los Angeles. Well, it's like every other mm. day you see on like uh, KTLA or right. one of the local stations a water main burst somewhere. You know. Um, Instead of uh, giving all that money to the illegal alien reconquistas, uh, maybe you jackasses should have been updating the water delivery systems. But uh, I guess that goes against your global uh, sustainability well, uh, UN uh, 2030 uh, bullshit agenda, agenda. Well, uh, Agenda 21, Sustainable Development, which, of course, is part of the UN's now on steroids, Agenda 21, uh, 2030 agenda. And part of right. it is to control the water, control the food. That is a fact, even in their own words. You can look it up. You can even go to the UN website and read it for yourself. We're not telling you anything that they haven't, uh, you know, put in print. Yeah, we stole uh, their copyrights uh, and uh, told people about that. And then we microaggression them on our show. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We microaggression the UN on a a daily basis. Uh, (laughs) um, But, uh, yeah, so – uh, that that that's that's the bigger that's that's the uh, you know the underlying issue and you know I just thought uh, well it's you know pretty ironic that in 1992 it wasn't in Sao Paulo it was in Rio de Janeiro where the UN cooked up this whole scheme so I, I thought that was pretty um, uh, pretty good you know pretty uh, uh, you know mm-hmm. ironic and yeah. you know since you know real quick because I know we're coming up to the top of the hour. Um, there's a, there's a physicist named Freeman Dyson and, uh, he says that Obozo has picked the wrong side on climate change. And, you know, the, we, we all know that these climate models that are used by these so-called scientists to predict global warming, um, (laughs) or, and you know, that they're getting worse, it's not getting better, um, and all that. Um, well, anyways, this, this particular physicist, um, Basically said that uh, the president, well, th- this guy's not a president. This so-called president, well, this, anyway, yes. this guy that this guy that's holding that office right now, uh, picked you know basically backed the wrong horse. And the, these are the facts: China and India, and this is his words, not mine. They rely on coal to keep growing, so they're going to keep burning coal in huge amounts, and they don't give a shit. I'm sorry. They don't care what the UN says. <laughs> they don't care about that stupid bill that Moonbeam signed. They don't care about any of this bull crap that uh, they can't. The, these countries, the you know, this so-called and this, uh, physicist, this physicist said bull crap, and his, this is his words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, his words. Uh, no, no, those are my words. I'm microaggressioning the UN. Um, but you know, you, if you want to read the whole article, and and you know, the physicist yes. didn't say bull crap. That that was me. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, you know that you know this guy's a top physicist, and even the guy that owns the Weather Channel, you know, that's all they do. Weather said the same, basically said the same thing that it's right. all a bunch of hogwash. And more yeah. and more scientists are coming out and letting people know that hey, this all this is a bunch of junk science. Well, um, what it is, it's about control. It's about the UN right. agenda. 2030 we ask you to go look at it but we're going to go because you know we have a very important topic coming up and one right. of my as a, a, one a, uh, individual that I just have a lot of respect for I have respect for people who don't just do the talk they do the walk so stay but tuned absolutely. Frank Alonzo and he'll be joined by uh, uh, by Michelle and we'll talk about her and bring her out in just a moment stay tuned stay tuned for the second half of the wake up mission show 
Here at the Wake Up Mission Show, we want all of our listeners to be debt-free and financially free. We believe a free market system is best for the restoration of liberty. If you are tired of looking for a job in this hopeless market, or if you are struggling to pay your monthly bills, let us help. We have several income opportunities for you, which are tested and proven by our company, The Wake Up Mission, LLC. To learn more, go to our website, www.thewakeupmissionshow.com, and click on the Financial Solutions tab. Welcome back to the Wake Up Mission Show. You know, we always 
like to say on this show, we are about liberty, and we ask you to connect the dots for liberty. But we also say on this show that we're about unity, and we like to bring people together. And believe it or not, we have a lot more in common in this country than we have that are different. One such topic is the topic of vaccines. Everybody seems to want to read the labels of their food, but do you know what are in your vaccines? We're going to be talking about that issue and more liberty issues. I'm going to introduce first uh, somebody that I just had the honor to meet. I, I was so glad that I ran in 2010. Thank you, Constitution Party, for asking me to run because I met many, many wonderful individuals who I still keep in touch with today. Some are really great friends. Some are just really great individuals I keep in touch with. And one such person is Frank Alonzo. Like I said before, he's somebody who doesn't just talk the talk. He does the walk. Coordinator for Campaign for Liberty uh, organization you've heard me talk about before on this show because I absolutely support it. Uh, Originated, of course, because of our support for Ron Paul. Frank, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Shailene. What a wonderful first hour. You guys oh, uh, rock hey, it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You're, you're fun we, to listen to. I, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be forthright. I, I have not listened to Shailene, but boy, you, you had a wealth of information there. And uh, hey, I, I have to tune in more often and and uh, listen in. Good, uh, hey. exciting, uh, exciting voice you have and, and gets, uh, gets people fired up. Got hey, me fired up you. in 2010. I was just going to say, you saw me speak plenty of times with my big mouth here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there's an old, a whole new dynamic with the radio going there. It's, it's yeah. And I'm kind of a radio junkie. I, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I'm one of those guys when I was a, a young young lad, I the radio was was a, a good friend of mine, actually my best friend. I tuned in to all the local L.A. radio stations and, and uh, listened, and uh, I kind of, I always keep up with the talk radios today and listen uh, a lot to what the enemy is talking about, and because uh, there's not many friendlies on the radio, so you know. And music, no. oh, you guys are you guys are great music fans, and uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm all yep. there. Oh, yeah. Hey, good Frank. Thanks, hey, so dude. tell all, tell tell all of our Liberty friends. Uh, you know the show's grown, and we appreciate coming from you. We really appreciate what you had to say. Uh, but Frank, tell us because I met you during the campaign, and boy, what exciting times! Because it wasn't just my campaign; we also had the whole Ron Paul movement happening. It was in between 2008 and 2012. We just, you know, really thought we could just take back this country. Uh, but yep. were you always? Were you always uh, in support of liberty, or did you have a moment in life? where you said, wait a minute, uh, something's wrong here, and I need to do something about it. What happened? Yeah, for the most of my adult life, I was uh, more conservative, uh, more or less. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I was a neocon or anything like that. Like a lot of people told me during uh, the Ron Paul campaign and uh, when they engaged the liberty message, well, Frank, I was a neocon, and I heard the message, and I changed. You know, that was the greatest thing that happened out of the, the Ron Paul Move it by far. So, I, but 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 mm-hmm. when I got uh, when I heard Ron for the first time, my wife was sitting around, and it was uh, June, or like a, two years before the election, the first debate. Like a lot of people, she saw that first debate with Ron Paul, and my my my, my wife and I were were, were yeah well, all right well, let's turn that on yeah let's turn it on we were you know we were we're growing a family, we ran a business so you know we weren't kind of paying too much attention to politics. Got to admit. All right. Then we heard this guy on the debate, and boom, he hit he wow. hit us hard with that message, and it was forever 
done. I was locked and loaded and non nonstop uh, going full bore after that. First I was, date I was very similar. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was very similar. I actually was a socialist. Then I became a neocon. <laughs> and then, and then, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I yeah. really did. Well, I, look at that. I, I ran the whole circle. <laughs> I, I, I tell, Shaley and I tell everyone, the, like I just told you, the greatest thing about the movement uh, and, and Ron running in, those, in that first campaign, the second campaign, is you got to get out there, you talk about, you get, it gives you an excuse to talk about that message. And then it turns people. You know, the, the biggest... Yeah. Uh, Biggest neocon I know that admitted to me, and I hope, hopefully he's not listening. I don't want to tell his secret. But he was a neocon, and 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 he, and he used to run the Oath Keepers down here in Orange County. You know oh, who that is, right? Yeah. Yes, of course. He, admit, I he do. admitted. We, will, yeah. we won't say yeah, his he, name because we don't want to embarrass him. I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He admitted to me. Yeah. So see, that's the power. That's the power yeah. of the message. And and and, um, wow. and and then and then uh, it, we we continue that message. Uh, we see he started campaign uh, delivery in 2009, and yeah, and 2009. I thought, right, this is yeah, oh, wow. I thought, great, great idea. We just kind of continue uh, the message by by uh, engaging in this organization and getting the word out. And um, I'll take it even Frank, further. You know, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Do you think that the message? Do you think that liberty is still growing? In this country, do you think we've lost that Ron Paul momentum? Ah, good question. Let's talk about that one. That's my favorite right now. All right. Um, <laughs> the, no, no. Uh, the the key people fighting for liberty, and when I say fighting for liberty, uh, most of them that were inside the power structure fighting for Ron to become president, but really fighting for the liberty, mass fighting for liberty in general. There, I guarantee you, most of those people are still in there in the power structure. When I say power structure, we're talking the GOP. Maybe some of them are in the Democratic Party. I don't know, but I know firsthand they're in the GOP. Okay, and I could claim right now, people in California. There's, I could claim right now, there's two counties in California, uh, uh, the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, under the Republican Party banner in two counties. Mm-hmm. I won't name the counties now, but they're pretty much uh, organized under the Ron Paul banner. The, basically, the Ron Paul people own those counties in the GOP. Okay, awesome. They own those counties. Yeah, see, these are the people you've, that went in there, and, and, like, and I'm one of them. You, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I yes. plug my nose. I plug my nose, okay, because it stinks in there. Right? It stinks in that power <laughs> structure. But you get in there and you duke it out for liberty, and and yeah. and you you, you you cannot you cannot uh, you cannot change things unless you're in there, uh, and I, I and I really believe still we could we could um, get enough people we could overrun the system we have enough people inside the power structure we could turn it upside down, okay and and that's a a message uh, that uh, uh, started in 2008 and and. and and it—I don't think it got a lot of traction, but it, it should have. Uh, I think there wasn't strong messaging on it, but people—some people automatically knew they needed to go in there if they really were serious about getting Ron elected or, or just fighting for liberty. You have to go in into the the snake pit and and do yes. it out with these people. And um, and this is why I'm there. I, I have no—you know—I'll I, never say a good thing about the Republican Party, and not very many good things here in Orange County uh, where, where I'm yeah. at. Not the Republican Party, and uh, 
Yeah, well, we all know about the Democratic Party. <laughs> we should have ignored those guys. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, we do. Yeah. But it is a good tactic because I know from being on the other side of, uh, of politics that that is what the statists do. Uh, collectivists uh, that go yeah. in to the systems through the school, through politics, they take it over, they do it silently, and then before you know it, uh, they are the voice. So it's a yes. smart tactic. Uh, yes. Are you? Yes. yes. Are you? Are you finding that the millennials are joining the message of liberty, or are they joining? Yes. I gotta tell you, watching Bernie Sanders last night, and please, yeah. no hate mail. Like I said earlier, he is the Ron Paul of socialism. I mean, I can see yes. why people uh, pay attention to him. So, are millennials yeah. more attracted to Bernie, or are they still more attracted to Ron Paul's message? They're attracted to Ron and attracted to Rand. Okay, you, you, one thing you see those polls on Fox News, uh, they really don't. I mean, think about those polls, Fox, CNN, uh, those are the polls you hear most about. Uh, mm-hmm. Those polls are really, to me, they're really uh, gauging their listeners and viewers. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they don't. So, who, who are their listeners and viewers? Well, no offense to uh, 50, well, I'm, I'm, I'm 50, <laughs> 50 and up, <laughs> 50, 60, and no offense to them, but those are the people that come in at night, turn on the mm-hmm. TV, and they turn to one of those news stations, okay? They're not on, their, they're yeah. not on the computer. They're not, they're not uh, you know, online or tweeting that mm-hmm. they're out there. And, and so, so those polls miss the young people. And when you go, uh, yeah. Paul Rand goes out to the colleges uh, now, and he, he still gets big crowds up there. And he's got the... the the Rand Paul youth movement in full swing right now. So I know over 100 colleges already uh, backing them, and it's no different than what Ron did. Ron Ron had the Ron Ron Paul youth movement, college campus. Yeah, does he have the uh, does he have the momentum though? He doesn't seem to have the passion because you know, I mean, you know, you talked about this. I'm not supporting Rand Paul. You know this. Uh, He lost me because I was just so loyal to his father. Uh, he lost me when he endorsed Mitt Romney. I just, uh, and then the whole vaccine thing, which we're going to talk about in a second, I didn't mm-hmm. like it when he went on camera and then went and got a vaccine. It's like, I don't know what he needed to do that for. So I know mm-hmm. he's lost a lot of us. Uh, so is his, uh, I don't know, because I'm not part of it. Is it as exciting as Ron's was? Or, or I mean, be honest, is it a little lackluster? Yeah, I, I, I engage the, the Rand naysayers uh, daily, it seems like. <laughs> and, and, well. and, but, you know, I could spend 25, 30 minutes on you telling you why it's best to support Rand. And I'm going to tell you, the main, well, there's just two, two very powerful reasons, mm-hmm. or three. But one mm-hmm. is, I'll tell, and I just uh, was telling someone this earlier, you engage and you double down with Rand because, one, uh, it gives you the excuse. This is campaigns do. It gives you the excuse in a, an election cycle to go out and talk about that liberty message. When I talk to someone about Iran, I'm really talking about Ron. Okay, I, I give mm, them the same yeah. message, really, more or less. Yes. There's no nothing disingenuous about it. We, I could talk about the mm-hmm. Federal Reserve. I could mm-hmm. talk about NSA spying. Uh, yes. I could talk about big government. How we the big government, which is the most important topic we could bring big government down we just got to take it where we're ran where ron wants to just bring it down in one shot randall just dwindle it away i mean the perfect example yeah. is uh perfect example is earlier this year he uh, he proposed a budget proposal would have eliminated hud it would eliminate uh the the uh, department of education department of commerce 
uh, not eliminate it, it would defund it or deeply cut it, okay? Whereas Ron wanted, these are the same things Ron wanted to just destroy, get rid of. But he says, we're going we're we're to take this money, take it away from these, uh, these groups, another foreign welfare and uh, EPA. We're going to take all this money away from them. We're going we're gonna to cut them deeply. And, uh, uh, you know, guess what? Ted Cruz and Rubio, they failed the Constitution because ah. they, they went against them on that. They went against them. I mean, yeah. that's, none of those programs are constitutional. Ah. None of them. Well, you know, none we've talked about Ted Cruz on this show. He's not eligible. And uh, if he was such a constitutionalist, he knows this fact. So he wouldn't be yeah. running to begin with. Uh, so it yeah. is good. You're right to get the the message of liberty out yeah, there. So, but we, yeah, we, exactly. We, the same, yeah. the same yeah. message. You go out there, engage your neighbors. Yeah, I'm for Rand, and here's the yeah. message. It's the same message. Right. And then, just like it, we we started off with, you find a guy out there, he's thinking uh, bomb, 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 and we give him that same message, and he says, oh, you know what? You're right, Frank. You're right, Freedom Frank. You're right. <laughs> and he's and he's still right. Just that. like just I, like that guy. I, just like that yeah. Orange County guy. He's converted. And he becomes an activist. Yeah, yeah. I that's always we, love that. That's how that. we win. That's how we win. Yeah, I've always loved that nickname. You have Freedom Frank, and for the longest time, uh, I have to be honest with you, I could never remember your last name. For this was the this was during the campaign. This wasn't. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. I've I know I've known your last name for a long time now, but I, I would yeah. say you know Freedom Frank. <laughs> so I it, and you yeah. do. You go out there. So tell yeah. us a little bit about the Orange County Campaign for Liberty. All right. Uh, let me give you the backdrop here. Um, Campaign for Liberty uh, cannot support. Uh, I can't. Camp, Campaign for Liberty can't say, uh, "Well, we we want Rand Paul." They can't do that, or IRS will be right. on their back. Or right. they can't say, uh, "We don't like this person." Okay. All right. They can't say that, or IRS will be on their back. So, uh, Campaign for Liberty was kind of dormant, uh, 2012, 2011, 2012, and then 2013. It was kind of dormant. Nothing was happening because everybody was for Ron. Everybody jumped in who was yeah. a liberty activist. They were for Ron. They're out there campaigning. So it was sleeping. 2014 came around, and the national it's a national organization, uh, 600,000 uh, members. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the 2014, they, the the national people assembled their best ninja fighters to mm-hmm. travel states. And train people. They tra- they they went in California quite a bit, and I had the, the best ninja fighters come over here in, in Orange County, and train people how to fight big government, how to fight government, how mm-hmm. to cause political pain. Okay, and so um, so they came in in 2014, the summer 2014. I had a few uh, 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 training programs, but then, um, but then I kind of uh, the last one was probably August 2014. And I kind of went to sleep, you know, family, business, little kids, Down syndrome kid. Right. And I, I got a lot on my plate. But then this issue came up. The vaccines came up. Yes. And, uh, and yes. here I am. I'm a, now I'm, I'm a trained ninja warrior to fight back, fight politicians that do bad things. I'm a trained ninja warrior. Okay. But I wasn't, I was just sitting there and then this issue came up and boom. I said, you know what, wifey. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do yes. this. First of all, she, she was she was uh, she she was like the first one. I mean, she was like, ah, I'm going yes. after these people. This is bad. And then, 
And I said, oh, this is good, so we can both do something together, right? Instead of I'm doing all yeah. this and she's sitting home with the kids, but we're going to do something together and we're going to fight. And uh, so uh, this is where I said, well, I'm going to regroup, get Campaign for Liberty going, get people organized, and we're going to do some, uh, and, and we're going to fight back uh, Sacramento on this issue. Well, fantastic. Mandate. Well, yeah. we have two other ninja fighters with vaccines that are joining us, uh, friends of yours. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, mean, but, the yes. mean mamas. The, yeah, yes, ran yes, across yes, a lot yes. of mean mamas. Good, good. Uh, Michelle Ford, she's the president and founder of the Vaccine Injury Awareness League. And Marcella Piper Terry, she's the mother of a vaccine injured child and the founder of VaxTruth.org. And we have yep. them both joining us. Hello, ladies. And I just want you both to know, Marcella, I use your, uh, I didn't know that you were the founder. I actually go to your site quite regularly and I post your information on Twitter quite often. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm uh, very honored and glad to know that. I, it's always uh, it, it's gratifying when when I hear that people find what I do to be helpful. Thank you. Uh, absolutely. Uh, well, my I'll just let you all know, Frank, uh, Michelle, and Marcella. You know, I was just like every other you know parent, uh, dutiful, going out and getting my child vaccines. My oldest son, uh, he's now 12, and uh, I remember this very clearly. I took him to his pediatrician. Uh, he was just a little around a year or a year, year, a little over a year old. And we got there, and he, uh, he started crying, Mommy, don't let them put the screwdriver. It's going to kill me. And, I, 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 you know, how fortuitous of a little kid that can barely talk, how he formed those words. I still to this day, I'm like, oh, my God, that was God, and I didn't listen. And I let him get the vaccine. Within 24 hours, he had a reaction. Uh, I've never went to go get him diagnosed, but Asperger's, everybody always says, oh, your child's an Asperger. Uh, oh, well, yeah, yeah, but I've, you know, through diet, um, and no more vaccines have I been able to, you know, help, but that was a vaccine injury. And at that time, there wasn't really a lot of support and people not talking about it, but now it's all over the news. Uh, so let's talk about this. Uh, Marcella, you, you started yours because you have a vaccine injured child. Uh, before that, just like me, right? Just uh, it's, If you're a good parent, you're going to get vaccines, correct? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I, my daughter was, uh, she was a very high risk, uh, she was a product of a very high risk pregnancy. And um, I had had multiple miscarriages previously and was told not to ever, you know, have children. I had had a blood clot which was deemed spontaneous, and now going back and looking at my records, I realized it was a vaccine injury in me. It happened uh, right after I got my one and only flu shot, but nobody knew that I had gotten a flu shot because I got it at work and it wasn't in my medical records. So when I got really sick and went to the hospital, um, the doctors didn't know. Nobody knew. My family didn't know. So it was never diagnosed as a, you know, they didn't know that it was a vaccine injury, and uh, by the time I figured it out, much, much later, it was way too late to, to file any kind of claim or anything. But, yes, you're right. Um, you know, I, I, was, uh, I was just so thankful to have this wonderful baby uh, growing inside of me. So I did everything that I was told to do, including getting two Rogam shots, Rogam injections that had uh, thimerosal, mercury in them. Um, and then, you know, she was she was born early, and, uh, and man, you better believe that I was going to do everything possible to protect her. So I was right there on time with all, everything, you know, and, um, and never questioned anything. And she was, my daughter was um, similar 
to a lot of children who have vaccine injuries that are not really obvious. Hers started uh, with with ear infections and upper respiratory infections and conjunctivitis and stomatitis and she had rashes and fevers of unknown origin and you know all of these things that um, she was just constantly sick and she was on I went back and, and really I got her record she had failure to thrive and all of these things she never she didn't have that really big um, regression, that real mm-hmm. obvious kind of loss of, of um, abilities like a lot of kids have. But, you know, she didn't make a lot of eye contact. She almost never smiled. She was sick constantly. She uh, occasionally jumped and flapped and rocked and had a really hard time modulating her emotions and that kind of thing. And so the, the diagnoses came later, but it was it was really a progression um, sort of down a slide rather than falling off a cliff. Like, mm. As it and is I with many, we absolutely. Yes, right. we, I think that's something we really need to focus on as far as our yes. education about vaccine injuries goes because a lot of people think, well, my child doesn't have autism, therefore they're not vaccine injured. But there's a whole continuum, and we've got a lot of kids with some with subtle neurological and gastrointestinal problems. They might have constipation and IBS, and they're diagnosed with GERD, which is, by the way, not a an illness. It's a symptom of something that's going on inside. You know, so we need to really think about our children's immune systems, how many of them have allergies, right. asthma, and autoimmune right. disease, and all of these. It is not just about autism. No, and no, no, absolutely. There's a difference. My my baby, uh, my youngest, has not had any vaccines, and there's a huge difference between him and my other children. Now, Michelle, you've been out there trying to help those that have vaccine injury with your awareness league, and one of the things that you've worked on was to overturn the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. Talk about that. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act was a congressional federal law, sorry, a federal law that was passed through the Congress, and it was upheld in 1988, and this law had several parts to it. It number one, and I think it's probably the most important piece, one that every American should know about, um, it makes it so that vaccine makers no longer have any liability for vaccine injuries that they're causing. Now, I just want to give a little background. Before this law became effective, vaccine makers were being sued left and right. So they sought refuge, if you will, from the federal government. And they, instead of a politician and our our regulatory bodies going, well, make safer products, they said, here, we'll grant you complete immunity. So try to figure out the logic in that. So we have a, a this law that protects vaccine makers from any injury, and injuries abound. Um, today, we've paid $3.2 billion in vaccine injuries through the Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, um, which is a tax-funded program that uh, vaccine-injured families can file a claim through. So. That was a second piece of this National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. Um, that's how, you know, people can get some compensation, mm-hmm. but the, it's a tenuous and very difficult process for families to get any kind of retribution. So uh, the other thing that the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act created was a reporting system. 
called the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. And so, you know, if parents witness a vaccine injury and they feel that, you know, that's exactly what it is, they can report doctors, nurses. It's really sort of anyone who can report. The problem is most people don't recognize that what they're seeing is a vaccine injury. So it's estimated that... It's estimated that only about 10% of vaccine injuries even get reported because the reality is you go into the doctor, just like all responsible parents do, you get your child vaccinated, the child has a fever and, you know, in some cases, uncontrollable, unconsolable screaming. Yeah, so is my oldest. Yeah, you call the doctor and the doctor goes, oh, well, that's normal. They just got their vaccine. Right, yeah. So they tell you that this is all normal instead of saying, wow, your child is having a reaction. We may want yeah. to customize this schedule if you continue to choose vaccination. But instead, they just say it's normal. So parents continue down the road, and then the next time they go in for a well baby visit, they get another round of vaccines. And then when the child has the same reactions or more severe reactions, they go, oh, I remember the doctor just said that was normal. So I'm not going to be alarmed. And they go on their merry way and follow the protocol. And, you know, for many children, there is a sudden and immediate reaction after, you know, any any number of the well-baby visits. <laughs> but um, right. many, many are just like uh, in the case that Marcel was just talking about, where it's such a slow progression of, you know, of regression that you don't totally – pin it on the vaccine and then as time goes on you really don't know you know your child it just appears to be one of those unlucky people that has a host of health problems if michelle if i I can just chime in on that just to follow up on that because um the that's what happened to mine and i i was uh really a slow learner i didn't put two two together for the longest time and until you know she was much older but things like you know she had a milk allergy she couldn't tolerate milk and um and what eventually happened was and i think what we're seeing now and a lot of these older um, kids who are getting older kids and teenagers and young adults who are having really severe adverse reactions when they get uh gardasil and when they get you know, because it has aluminum in it or when they get a foot shot that has mm-hmm. mercury, their bodies have been primed over those those earlier vaccines. Their their bodies have been primed to recognize this as toxin and and they've been sick before and and this is what happened with my daughter. Um I got you know, we had stopped vaccinating and it's a long story, but uh I got talked into giving her a tetanus what I thought was a tetanus shot after she at age fifteen, after she was uh, bit by a brown recluse spider and was uh, developed MRSA and um, and I you know I, I was scared and um, had said no twice already at the emergency room and our doctor who knew that she had milk allergy and knew that she had history of seizures and vaccine um, reactions uh, talked to me into giving her a quote unquote tetanus shot. Well, I did not ask to see the vaccine to, to see the insert. I thought she was getting a tetanus shot. He gave her the Tdap, which is tetanus and diphtheria and acellular pertussis atacel. It has fifteen hundred micrograms of aluminum and it's cultured on cow's milk protein. She has a cow's milk allergy. And aluminum is an adjuvant which ramps up the immune system. Well, three hours after she got that vaccine, she had a grand mal seizure and stopped breathing while I held her head in my hand. Wow. 
Oh, dear God. You know what, uh, Marcella, I can relate because my son, after this, his reaction was very much like watching Linda Blair and The Exorcist. And immediately his uh, eyes underneath developed this redness, like a real bright red that never went Mm -hmm. away. It's better Mm -hmm. now because, again, you know, diet. But, ladies, uh, you know, uh, in fact, here not too long ago, I retweeted a vaccine truth, and I said, vaccine, the new gas. Now, uh, if you go and you connect the dots, you can see a lot of our, our congressmen, and certainly here with, with PAN here in California, a lot of them have stock in big pharma. Uh, so so uh, there's, do you think that there's more to this? Uh, there's a lot of talk about the UN's Agenda 20 and, uh, 21 and depopulation. Do you think it's that nefarious? Or why is it that they're putting these ingredients uh, like uh, uh, monkey brains, cow uh, uh, feces, uh, aluminum, barium. Why are they putting all these things into these ingredients if they're supposed to be, you know, so good for us? Thoughts? Anyone? Frank? Uh, any one of you can answer that one. Sounds like business as usual, uh, at minimum, uh, collusion with the big business and government. That's at minimum what's is going on there. Uh, without regard to what these products are made of, you know, um, it's just a handshake deal. Let's uh, sell more products. So let's get Pan and uh, his cohorts to push the agenda. Uh, whether it's Agenda 21 stuff, I don't know. That uh, takes a little bit more research. I could get an Agenda 21 guy on uh, <laughs> expert here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he could tell me he has something on that, but. Well, there's definitely something. Why would people put in ingredients that they know are bad for a system and and will injure? Why would they put them in these vaccines? I mean, it's a question as a mother. I want to know. Any any other comments? I think Frank did a great job by saying it's about the collusion. Um, You know, there's a. It's no secret that there's a huge revolving door between industry and and regulation and and politics. So we see. you know, we had uh, Julie Gerberding, who was a former, uh, uh, I totally forget what her role was at the CDC, but she then became the head of Merck, the vaccine safety oh. division. She was, yeah, she was, about, she was the head at the CDC, and then she went to, she's now the head of the vaccine division at Merck. Yeah, oh. that's what it is. Thank you, Marcella. Yeah. Yeah. So and she's just one example, but... Examples like that are very, very common in the in the vaccine industry, and we know that there's shady deals that happen with politicians, and they get paid off and bought off so that laws can be made to protect their interests. And so, well, there's you know the only there's people, also the case of uh, Paul Offit, you know, who anybody who knows anything about vaccines and the and the vaccine issue will probably recognize the name of Paul Offit, and he. He is. Uh, he developed the rotavirus vaccine, um, and uh, at the time when his vaccine was going through um, the FDA approval process and and the process of becoming um, uh, being considered for inclusion in the childhood the CDC's childhood schedule, he was sitting on the committee. At the Institute of Medicine that reviews and uh, the reviews safety and says yes we need to add this to the schedule 
And he later sold his patent for that vaccine. Uh, later sold for uh, 182 million dollars. Oh uh, my his, gosh! Yeah, his cut for that was uh, I've heard anywhere from six million to forty million dollars. So, and, and he hmm. and he now is the big voice, the biggest voice in the United States for the pro-vaccine movement. Um, and and he hmm. says, you know, I don't have any conflicts of interest. Right? Oh. Sure. He's also the wow. one who said that. Vaccine Vaccines are so safe, children could, can theoretically receive up to 10,000 of them at the same time, and it won't hurt them. Yeah. There just seems to be no, you know, they always say that they care about life, but clearly they do not when money becomes uh, more of an interest than, than human life. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, you know, the coercion that we're all speaking about here, uh, there was a group effort. I don't know if any of you were uh, belong to it. To try to get on the ballot, uh, uh, there was a signature gathering to try to get on the ballot to do some reversal of this forced vaccine tyranny here in California, uh, but they yeah. didn't get the signatures. Well, there's two stories. One, they say they did get the signatures, but infiltrators uh, that were uh, for the pro, I guess, vaccine uh, infiltrated and signatures were thrown out. There was missing ballots once they turned it in. Do any of, were any of you involved in that? And since it's not going to be on the ballot now, what is it that we can do here in California? All right, good one. Uh, yeah, I was involved in it, uh, the referendum effort. effort. Uh, referendums is a tool. California allows uh, the people to fight back uh, on, on, on issues they don't like. It's a tool that's allowed. Uh, so, uh, no, I think that signatures just, just came up short. And, um, and and that's that. But I'll tell you what, you know, I was on the street. Uh, I was at my churches. I, I go to two churches. I was out in the farmer's market. And you know what? We took this, uh, we took that type of effort in the referendum. This is a, this gives, gives me great optimism. We take this type of effort of those moms and dads that went out there on the streets uh, and we, we, we put a real campaign behind it. Uh, whatever counter legislation we could come up with, we would win. Uh, you you'd have to see the, the, when you engage the public, it really gives you a good idea which way the wind is blowing. And uh, I've uh, there was way more people that were saying, "What? What's happening?" There's just a lot of people untapped out there that didn't know what was going on. We caught them, we caught them, and there, and there's a lot more. There's just a lot of sleeping people out there, and they're they're waiting to be uh, to be, uh, to be uh, found and told uh, what's going on in the state of Sacramento, and. Um, you know, I was uh, there. There were some naysayers out there too. You know, I was I was called the child killer at one uh, <laughs> at a farmers market. Uh, you know, I was out there in the farmers market. They called me a child killer. Okay, all right. But but more people than not were saying, yeah, we're onto this, and we're going to sign this referendum, and we just needed more boots on the ground, uh, and I think uh, and a little bit more time, and a little bit more organization, and we could have won. But uh, I, I I I I give all those moms out there that. All the leaders in the referendum movement, a good, good, uh, give them high fives. I mean, they they did they did very well, and uh, for what we did, and Orange County rocked it. We had uh, thirty, almost thirty thousand signatures. Wow. LA had a lot, LA had a lot more too. So, you know, uh, you know, it is what it is. But I, I feel very optimistic that we could win the battle of the mind, the battle of the uh, the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the cause will win if we 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 continue we continue to organize and push. We will win. Well, well how are we going to win? Like, what's going to happen next? Because it starts, I believe, the next school year. So what can be done 
uh, you know, to prevent more vaccine injury and, uh, and obviously tyranny. Are there any lawsuit efforts uh, um, that are underway? Well, there's, uh, this is Michelle just chiming in. There's a few things uh, that your listeners should be aware of. The first mm-hmm. thing is there's a very limited amount of time for someone who is interested in filing a personal belief exemption to be able to do so. So they only have until December 31st of this year to file and get that form in. So if someone needs instructions on how to do that, they can go to sb277.org. It's right there on the front page, and they can get their PBE turned in on time. We don't want anyone to miss the boat. Michelle, how about about getexempt.com? Is that one of them? So, you know what? I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah, familiar yeah. with that one, so I'm not sure, but I believe so, according to Dana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, according, yeah, according to that, yeah, there's another one. Get, getexempt.com is another website. Uh, so say that again, because what, what, I want to make sure the listeners get it. What was oh, that yeah. URL again? Yeah, getexempt.com. Okay. Uh, getexempt.com. We will make sure to have it on our Facebook and Twitter, and of course our, our website, thewakeupmissionshow.com. Fantastic. So getexempt.com. Uh, com. So, so besides that, Michelle, you said you had something else to say. So what was the other mm-hmm. item? The other item is uh, the biggest rally that this country oh, yeah. has ever seen. Oh, yeah. um, it's the CDC Truth Rally. It's also known as the Rally Demanding Truth, Transparency, and Freedom. We're holding this rally in Atlanta, Georgia, over the weekend of the 23rd until the 25th, and here's sort of the timeline. Um, On Friday, the 23rd, we're actually going to be demonstrating and protesting in front of the CDC on the public sidewalk where we are allowed allowed to protest uh, peacefully and freely. Um, And then that's from 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Eastern time. Then on Saturday, from noon until 4 p.m. in Grant Park, also in Atlanta, we're having a huge rally. We've got Robert F. Kennedy coming. We've got Minister Tony Mohammed oh, of Islam, Dr. Tony Clark, Allison Fulmar, our very own Marcella Piper Terry, Barbara Lowe Fisher of the National Vaccine Information Center. We've just got an incredible lineup. Dr. Hooker's going to be there talking about the CDC whistleblower. It's incredible. Um, and then oh, Sunday wow. we're going to close the weekend with uh, a prayer service. And Excellent. You know, it'll be from 9 o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock in the morning. And it's really to solidify and raise our emotional frequency so that we can really go out and make a powerful difference into the future. And all of your listeners, if you could please go to cdctruth.org, we are in desperate need of additional funding to cover just the basic costs of the rally for the stage and the porta potties and hand washing stations and all of these things that are required by the city. So um, we want to make sure that everyone knows to go to cdctruth.org. And, of course, there are also some hashtags that we've been using on Twitter to, you know, unite the movement. So we've got hashtag hear us, that's H-E-A-R-U-S. And then we've also got hashtag cdctruth. We also love CDC hashtag, sorry, CDC whistleblower. And another awesome. one of my favorites is hashtag universal fight. And I love universal fight because I don't care what color you are. I don't care what religion you are. I don't care anything. 
this issue unites every single one of us because Amen. this issue affects human beings. So anyone who is a human being should be fighting this one tooth and nail because if we lose our autonomy over our own bodies, as bills and laws like SB 277 come rolling across the country like a domino effect, if we don't have personal authority over our own bodies and over our children's bodies, you know what? We might as well pack up and find some other planet to live on because this is the land of the free, the land of the free. And if we can't be free in our own country, our own freedom-loving country, then we really have nothing left, and we should be ashamed of ourselves for not taking an action and not holding our politicians, regulators, and health, uh, public health officials accountable. Amen. That was a great (laughs) soundbite. We got to make sure to get that out. I know, Randy, you had a question. Yeah. Well, before I get to the question, the um, the, this rally in Atlanta—that's this month, right? Like a week and a half from now, or so, right? Uh, Yeah, it's actually yeah, not this weekend, but the following weekend. So we okay. Okay, yeah, I just wanted right. to make sure that people knew that at this October 23rd through the 25th. I was looking at the calendar, and I kind of assumed that, but I just wanted to make sure um, that people knew that <clears throat> this happening now, so don't miss out. Yeah. Now now my question is kind of a statement, and I, I've said this you know, on the show uh, quite a few times. What do you guys say to you know the Kool-Aid drinkers that are that say, well, uh, you didn't get your kids vaccinated and keep them away from mine. Would, and what I say to that is, well, if you and your kids chose to take this poison and you're vaccinated, what are you worried about? What What do you say to those people? I like that one. Yeah, well, that's, exactly, that's exactly what I say. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Well, it, it, and, and the other aspect of that is that um, – you know, uh, we first of all, I have I have two children who have uh, who are immunocompromised. My older daughter, my oldest daughter, is is now diagnosed with a primary immune deficiency syndrome, which many many children who are vaccine injured are diagnosed ultimately with with an immune deficiency syndrome. So our kids are the ones that um, the pro vaccine people are now saying everybody has to get vaccines in order to protect these kids because they can't be vaccinated. My child, um, I don't know for sure if she would have had a primary immune deficiency syndrome um, if she had not been vaccinated, but I know for sure that the vaccine made it much worse. My younger mm-hmm. daughter actually contracted H1N1 um, in 2009. Mm-hmm. She was not vaccinated, but she contracted H1N1 from a classmate in her classroom at school where they had had uh, a, a flu vaccine clinic. It's a live virus. The, the flu mist is a live vi- nasal uh, spray, and uh, her classmate got it and then was sniffling and sneezing for the next, uh, you know, two weeks coming to school, not staying out of school. You can look at the vaccine manufacturer's inserts. These vaccines are causing the outbreak. You know, so oh, she ended up being sick. She was the only one in our family who got sick with the H1N1. She got it from school from a child who was vaccinated. Wow. So it is actually the, the 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 those children who are 
who are vaccine-free are have healthier immune systems. They are much less yep. likely to get sick. They're much less likely to get upper respiratory infections, colds, flus, um, bronchitis, pneumonias, and all of those things that and, and chronic strep infections um, that vaccinated children are getting because their immune systems are so sick. The vaccinated children are the ones who are making other children sick. And if you look at the history of, uh, of flu vaccines, it, it wasn't so long ago that we weren't healthy adults weren't targeted for flu vaccines. I'm 55 years old, and and I can tell you that it, it was you know. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, children weren't targeted for flu vaccines and neither were healthy adults. It was something that was targeted to those who were 65 and older. And now, and and at that time, we didn't have these big outbreaks of flu all the time. We didn't have these huge outbreaks of flu, quote unquote, you know, that the huge quote unquote huge outbreaks that we hear about every year. We yeah, three people get it and it's so an outbreak. Until yeah. <laughs> we started with these huge um flu vaccine pushes. So you know, there's a lot more to that, but but uh, you yeah, know, I see it, Piper. I see it in my in my own family. My my youngest is three and a half. He got a sniffles one day for like two hours, and that's it. Yeah. Other than that, he has not been sick at all. Whereas my oldest was sick all the time. He was, a, I don't want to call him a sickly child, but he was constantly having the flu or a cold, and not so much in the last couple of years because they say that vaccines only stay within your body. Uh, to seven to 10 years. Uh, And so I've noticed that he's getting less uh, sick now, but there's a huge difference between my two children. Uh, And you're right, right, one's vaccinated, one is not. Right. And a lot of those kids who they they talk about, you know, being so immunocompromised and that we have to protect all of these children. Um, If you look at, I just posted something yesterday on VaxTruth. It's it's the latest, if you go to the VaxTruth homepage, it's the one at the top about um, they're poisoning African-Americans and Hispanics and the rest of our children. Um, And if you look at that, it links to um, more than 20 of the the vaccine manufacturers' inserts. And it also, you can also link to the, um, the manufacturer safety data sheets for some of the vaccine ingredients, including uh, thimerosal and merc- uh, uh, aluminum and polysorbate 80 and these things, that if you look at their material safety data sheet, which has the toxic ingredients, that, that the toxicity of these vaccine ingredients, and it says right there, it causes cancer, it alters DNA, is a cause of childhood cancers, and, and in some cases impairs fertility. Uh, so we're injecting children with known carcinogens and known mutagenic uh, toxins, and the children are getting sick. And the answer that we're told is, vaccinate your child because we've got to protect these kids who are so sick. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we agree with you. We've talked about it on the show before. Autism, is there a link or, or not to the vaccine? Absolutely. Oh, I, would, I would love to answer that. We're, I wanted to share about Dr. William Thompson, the CDC whistleblower. You can find a bunch of information at hashtag CDC whistleblower. Um, but he's a gentleman that was a senior research scientist at the CDC who came out in August of last year admitting that he and his co-authors literally threw data in the garbage can. You can hear all about that in William Posey's speech on C-SPAN. I think it's a tinyurl.com slash crimes. You can watch the, his speech. Um, anyhow, Dr. William Thompson 
in the, in the studies uh, that he threw away with his co-authors, he admitted that there was a 336% greater likelihood that uh, African-American males who receive their MMR vaccine on time will develop autism-like uh, autism-like characteristics. Now, notice oh, my that he didn't say. Notice that he didn't say they're the only ones that get these autism-like characteristics. He said a 336% greater likelihood than their white counterparts. So that itself is an admission that uh, the people who are in charge of our public health and uh, the vaccine schedule as we know it today knew about this. This study, by the way, was done in 2004. They sat on this study for 10 years. It took him 10 years to come out and tell the truth because his conscience just got the better of him. And he's waiting on the sidelines, waiting for Congress to subpoena him so he can come forth and tell the truth and stop this madness. So there is absolutely, without question, a link to at least autism-like characteristics. But we know that autism is a very broad spectrum. So, you know, Marcella could speak more to all of the different characteristics that uh, can go under the umbrella called autism, but absolutely. And all of these characteristics can be found on not one, but multiple vaccine inserts. Wow. Marcella, do you have anything to add to that? Well, what I would like to add is, is, um, first of all, the the, – and, I, and I'm sorry to be such a nitpicker, but uh, I am a statistics person. And one of the things that I want to make sure that everybody understands is that the, when you talk about statistics, it was a relative risk of 3.36, which translates actually to a 236% increase over the baseline. So I just want to make sure that it's a huge increase. And there were also statistically significant increases across the board, but the, the largest increase was seen in African-American males. And those were African-American male children in the Atlanta area. Now, um, the strongest, the, the most, um, the highest rate of autism in the United States is actually in the Somali immigrant community in Minnesota. And there is a, there's a Merck scientist, Dr. Poland, out of the Mayo Clinic, and he is a Merck paid consultant, a vaccinologist, who has um, who has done uh, been researching on the rubella as the, the response immune system response to the rubella component of the MMR vaccine, and what he found was that Somali children um, have Somali immigrant children have the have an even higher response to the rubella component, and then next the next highest response was in African American children. So this this that study, Dr. Yeah. Poland's study, has replicated and verified. Um, what what Dr. Thompson is talking about in the in the what we call the CDC whistleblower um, issue. Now the other thing is is that in 2010, um, what they did in the CDC whistleblower uh, what's referred to the CDC whistleblower study, which was published in Pediatrics in 2004, they just they got rid of a, a significant portion of the African American children in their study group. And what I mean, say by got rid of them, they just they eliminated the data. Um, to water down the statistical significance and to make it, you know, what was no longer be there. And they did the wow. same thing, same group of uh, researchers, uh, Frank DeStefano and uh, William Thompson and um, a doctor named Price um, and several others, but this, in the same vaccine group at the CDC, they did the same thing in a 2010 study called the Price et al. study on thimerosal, 
And what they did then is they, they got rid of the children. That study was looking at children, uh, mercury, signs of mercury poisoning. And mercury poisoning looks identical to autism in many ways. So what yeah. they did is they, they eliminated a, a very large percentage of children in the study group because they couldn't participate in standardized tests, psychological measures, which include things like being able to pay attention and being able to answer questions verbally. So the, those tests punish children who have attention problems and who have language problems. So what they did is children who had behavior issues, attention problems, and language disabilities, they said, well, we're going to eliminate them from the study because they can't participate in psychological testing. They got rid of the kids who had the strongest, uh, the strongest symptoms of mercury poisoning. And by the time they got done, they only had 49 children in the study. They started with 800 and something children with autism. By the time they got done getting rid of, of the ones they didn't want in the study, they got down to 49 kids with progressive autism. They compared that number to 600-plus kids in the control group. And if you know anything about statistics, the closer your numbers are, the stronger your power. So they just water down the, the power so that they show no evidence. Oh, that's kind of well, Find any, we didn't find any evidence, and this is a this is a modus operandi at the CDC. They have done it over and over again. And what I really want to emphasize here is that there have been more than 100,000 documents turned over to uh, Bill Posey in Congress, and he is asking not only for investigation of the 2004 study, and not only for uh, for William Thompson to testify, but for a complete investigation of the vaccine safety division. Vaccine Research Division at the CDC. It's, it's much, wow. much bigger. Well, they they, they cook well. the books like uh, the like uh, the unemployment numbers. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well, you can learn more. I hate to cut this short, but we are running out of time. Uh, go to vaxtruth.org. That's V-A-X truth.org. It's actually a site that I frequent, so I want to thank you so much uh, for being here, Marcella. And also, Michelle, we can't thank you enough either. And please go, it's it's, it's the uh, hyphen I-A-L dot org and uh, look for Vaccine Injury Awareness League, and we will put the information up on our Facebook page and, of course, the wakeupmissionshow.com. Uh, so thank you ladies, throw very in, much. Can we throw it can we throw in cdctruth.org one more time? Oh, yeah. cdctruth.org. Oh, one more thank time. You. So thank you. Thank you so much, uh, ladies. Frank, hold on tight. We appreciate you being here today. Sure. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Thank Come you. Come back and see us. Yeah. Come yep. back anytime, We need more time. Ladies. We need more time. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely, Frank. Uh, I so appreciate you being here today. And any final words that you have for people, either on vaccine or or liberty, uh, you've got uh, a minute. Well, these great ladies told you the facts. These mamas are tough. They're mean. And this is why uh, this is why Campaign for Liberty is relevant. So there's I can name ten organizations in California dedicated to getting people elected. Uh, and it's 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 kind of sad because there's not well now there's an organization dedicated to getting people out of office for doing bad things and that's Campaign for Liberty CampaignForLiberty.org. If you're in Orange County, it's OCC4Liberty.com. And um, you know, it's uh, we want to fight back. Use this. Think of this as your vehicle to jump into. Get in there, ride it. Use all the tactics. Uh, we have to uh, to fight back in uh, uh, Sacramento and 
and it's there for you to write. Let's go. Organize them. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Campaigning for Liberty. Thank you, Frank, for being here today. And, of course, Ron I'll Paul, be chatting Ron with Paul's, you. It's Ron Paul's campaign for liberty. <laughs> Remember that. All He's right. the chairman. Yeah. Yeah. A- amen. And a good doctor he is. He so that's is. about all, all we have time for today. Tomorrow, of course, it is Tree of Liberty Thursday. Michael C. School will be here for another round of De Jure Law training. And as always, we tell you connect the dots for liberty. This is our country. And let's not allow them to creep any more tyranny. Vaccine tyranny is definitely an uh, issue. All of you should be aware of. Remember, education is really important. So everybody have a blessed night. Randy, thank you as always. And we will be back here again tomorrow. Same channel, same time. Thank you for spending your time with us on the Wake Up Mission Show. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you loved the sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to Geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama. I even had a gift receipt. 